0: I was uh, talking with someone this week, and um, as this person was just talking about their life in the middle of the conversation, I thought to myself, you know, this is why we need a church family. Not, Not a church organization, not a 501c3 nonprofit, okay? Many times when people say, I don't need church, they're talking about, I don't need some religious organization. I don't either, amen? I don't need a religious organization, but I need a family. I need the family of God in my life. And as I heard this person speaking, I thought to myself, this is why we need a church family. They were sharing with me about just the, the daily life and the challenges and just trying to do things right and trying to raise their family. You know, most of us are like that, aren't we? We're just trying to go about our lives and just trying to make it we're just trying to survive we're just trying sometimes not to go under amen just trying to stay above water and we really don't have time most of the time to think about the grander scheme of things i mean how many of us just uh, in the middle of the day think about big picture think about big perspective now most of us are just trying to finish the day in one piece maybe if you do kind of have the uh the foresight to kind of be proactive and look ahead and say you know what i need to think about those kind of things maybe you take a retreat or maybe you maybe you take some time away and you think about some of those things but but even try as we may even if we set aside time to do it we just don't have the ability to figure things out on that level and yet there is something in us that tells us there is something more amen there's i'm here for a purpose. There is more to this life than I am seeing, and something in us longs to to know what that bigger purpose is. If I'm going to go to work every day and work hard, if I'm going to raise these kids, if I'm going to keep this house going, if I'm going to do all these activities that I'm doing, what is the purpose that I'm doing all this hard work for? Well, our series that we're doing is called Your Three Big Questions, and last time we talked about who am I? We talked about getting an idea, getting a handle on a little bit more of our identity. Who am I? What is my life supposed to be about? Why was I created? And we talked about that. The Bible says there's good news. Even though many of you have heard bad things about how God feels about us, the good news is God created us as his most special creation. You go back and read Genesis chapter 1 and 2, and the Bible says that of all the things, the marvelous wonders in the universe, you are the best that God came up with. And part of that lies in the fact that we, unlike any other of creation, bear in a special way the image of Almighty God. Wow, that's incredible, isn't it? You should never doubt for a moment, who am I? What is my identity? Your parents might have told you you were an accident. Your parents might have told you they didn't want you or didn't expect you or didn't like you or whatever. People say that to their kids. Sometimes, well, you know what? You are not an accident. You might have been an accident to them, but God had you planned all along. Then we learn that the Bible says, you know what? That's great news. That's good news. There is a purpose. God does care about me, but there is a, there is a, there is some issues. There are some issues that we have, and that issue is called sin. I mean, we have to deal with the fact that there are things in our lives by our nature and by our choices that we are separated from that great God who wants that relationship with us. And that's just reality. Who am I? I'm a sinner that's separated from God, and I need a Savior. I need Christ to come and die on that cross and to rise again to give me the hope that I can be forgiven and reconciled and get back on track with that original purpose that God had for me. Then we also learn that when we give our life to Christ, God says to us, Hey, you know, many Christians have been taught to believe that when you accept Christ, that's it. You accept Christ, you know, you kind of get your ticket to Glory Lance. You can go ride all the rides for free, you know, and you get to heaven one day. And you just kind of live your life, the rest of your life. And and it's just kind of your life. and, And God's sort of in there somewhere. And I'll see him one day when I get to heaven. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches when I'm born again, that is just the beginning. I just begin to understand that Christ has a purpose for my life, and now I spend the rest of my life looking and trying to understand how has God uniquely wired you and wired me so that I can be a part of His purpose in this world. So today we want to take that a step further. We want to think about this question. First of all, we talked about who am I, but today let's talk about what is my purpose. What is my purpose here on this earth? One of the cool things about coming to church and reading the Bible and learning to follow God's ways is that many times those things reveal to us how many times our worldview, our thought processes are very much shaped by the culture in which we live. In fact, some of you, if you've ever been on an international trip, you've noticed that, hey, some things that I just thought that were just sort of baseline, that were just sort of just kind of givens in life, that, that the rest of the world doesn't necessarily see things like I do. Amen. And that many times we're sort of caught up in a mindset that is brought uh, about by our culture. I thank God that we live in this amazing country. But as Americans, we need to realize that if we're not careful, we can lean towards being very individualistic, being very self-focused. And many times, even though we may not realize it, it can almost be as if we live our lives as if the world is revolving around me and my life. But here's what I want to share with you. If you want to find your ultimate reason for existing, it's going to be necessary for you to go a little, to say the least, a little beyond your worldview. Now I'm going to warn you that what I'm about to share with you at first, this first thing we're going to talk about is going to seem a little big. It's going to seem a little broad, a little bit big picture. And maybe somebody came here this morning saying, Pastor Rob, you know you're getting a little bit big for me, you're getting a little broad for me, because I just came today because my marriage is falling apart and I was hoping you could help me. You know, I just came today because <clears throat> my finances are in trouble and I need to know what God says about that. I just came today because I'm looking for a job and I need to know how to make better decisions. Well, you know what? God wants to help us with those decisions. But if we learned last week that God created us as His special creation and he wants to work in our lives, I believe that even though we tend to focus on those specific questions, there is something deep within us that knows what I'm about to share with you, but it just needs to be brought out. And ultimately, what we're about to talk about, when you get this, it'll help you with those other answers. Okay, so you ready? When we're talking about what's my purpose... You need to know that the Bible says that your overarching reason for existing is for one main purpose, is to bring glory to the God who created you. The first, the main purpose of my life, the Bible says, is to bring glory to Almighty God. The Bible has a lot to say about God's glory. It's full of verses. Right down Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8. In Isaiah 42, 8 it says, I am the Lord, I will not give my glory to another. Okay? Now we haven't defined what glory is yet, but whatever it is, it sounds like it's pretty important to God, right? He says it's something that God's a very sharing kind of God, but he can't share this with others. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 says for the earth one day will be filled with the knowledge this is when things are right one day the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the lord as the waters cover the sea In Jude chapter 1, verse 25, the Bible says that there's actually several passages in the New Testament, and you've heard me talk about them before. They're called benedictions, okay? But you've heard me say before, you may have heard me say before, they're almost like drum rolls, okay? It's like they're coming down to the end of a point, and and, and there's like this drum roll about how great God is. And and Jude chapter 1, verse 25 is one example of about 9 or 10 in the New Testament, but he says, to the only God, and you almost hear the drum start, to the only God, our Savior, Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now, forever and ever. Do it with me, Joe. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) The point is that the Bible is full of verses about God and His glory. Almost 400 times I found. The word glory is used in the Bible. And the word means, listen, write this down. The word glory in the Bible literally means something heavy, something weighty, okay? So what it's saying is we should give God weight. We should give God heaviness in our lives. And actually, maybe I think it's actually easier to understand in the negative. We should not take God what? Lightly. Okay, see, God should be very heavy to us. He should be very important. Isn't that just a way of saying it? He's important? He's impressive to us. He's worthy of our respect. He's worthy of our attention, of our focus, of giving the credit. And maybe the best summary that I could give you, write down that 1 Corinthians 10 31. In 1 Corinthians 10 31, it says, Whether then you eat or drink. Okay, now eating and drinking are pretty important, but I mean, really, they're just kind of basic activities, right? Okay, so the Bible says, even just. Just every aspect of your life, even things that you think are, aren't important, okay? Is whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, it all ought to be done under the heading of I want God to get glory out of my life. Do you hear that? Everything about my life, the intention is I want God, I want, God, I'm taking this test. I want you to be glorified. God, I'm building this deck. I want you to be glorified. God, I'm sweeping this floor. I'm changing this diaper. I'm staying up in the middle of the night. I'm going to this job faithfully on time. I want you to get glory out of that. God, I want you to get the credit. I want you to be seen as important through my life. I want other people to be impressed by you because of what you are doing in and through my life. Do you hear that? Your whole life... My whole life, our whole purpose, the umbrella under which every other thing in my existence is to fall under is that ultimately people would see what God is doing in my life, who I'm becoming, and what I'm doing with my life, and that they would say, wow, God is amazing. Amen? I think about a birthday party. You know, it's a kind of an interesting phenomenon I've noticed with birthday parties over the last few I don't remember this when I was growing up. I wish they did this. But I've noticed with the kids' birthday parties that now today, you know, you used to go to a birthday party and you take a present, and I think we still do that. But actually, people come back with presents. Have you noticed that? The kids who go who the kids who get invited to the party get presents from the person who's having the party. I mean, I think it's kind of nice. It's interesting. I wish they'd have done that when I was growing up. Amen. But usually when you go to a birthday party, you're thinking about what? The person who's Having the birthday. Can you imagine? Okay, here's that person at the head of the table and there's the candles and can somebody turn out the light and we light the candles and... Happy birthday to... What would we usually say? You. What if, what if everybody's standing around the table? Happy birthday to me. <laughs> Happy birthday to me what <laughs> what are you doing i mean if you're standing around the table sing happy birthday to the person at the front of the table and then somebody over to your side in the middle says me what is going on with you i want to ask you to consider an important question if this life someone told me this week he said pastor Robbie, i'm just beginning to realize that this life is not about me That's a great realization. That's a great realization. This person actually doesn't even go to church yet. And they said, you know what? I'm beginning to realize that this life is is not about me. I said, that's a great start. And maybe some of you are realizing that. This life is not about me. If this life is not about you, is the attention in your life all still going to you? Or are you living out your purpose? Is your life being lived so that God may be seen as great in this universe. If not, something needs to change. What needs to change in order for that to be true in your life? So first of all, my purpose is that God would get great applause as people watch His work in my life. Secondly, is to live out my creative destiny. Let me read to you 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. The Bible says, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, uh, the word steward is kind of a biblical or kind of a Christian term that we hear about, uh, but um, I don't use the word steward or stewardship much outside of church. Some of you may do, may may use that word, but I don't really use it. Really, in our culture, if we were talking about a steward, does anybody know what maybe the word we would use for that? It's a manager, okay? So the Bible says... As each one, when you accept Christ as your Savior, he gives you some special gifts, okay? As each one, everybody, you say not me, no, each one, as each one has received a special gift, employ it, put it into practice, engage it in serving one another as good stewards, as good managers of the manifold, the multifaceted, wow, it's amazing what God does, grace of God, okay? So, to review what we talked about last week, Pastor Chris in that message talked to us about this. As a child of God, did you realize that you've been given spiritual gifts? Okay? Somebody says, I haven't been in church much. I don't know. What are you talking about, spiritual gifts? Well, the Bible says this. The Bible says to us, when you receive Christ as your personal Savior, not only are you born again, you're forgiven, you're made right with God in your relationship with Him, but listen, friend, now, what do we say? It's not all about who? It's not all about me, okay? Now, God has done this amazing thing in my life. Praise His name. I'm going to heaven. I'm forgiven. He walks with me every day. He's leading my life. And some of you are experiencing that, aren't you? But there's a next step, okay? Now that the Holy Spirit of God lives in me, Christ wants to show through me. And He has made it in such a way that, guess what? People can't see all of Jesus through Robbie. Amen? There's a body of christ god has made it so that we as the church we are all different but when we come together and we do all of our part guess who gets seen jesus gets seen by the world amen so he gives you a part he gives you a place in his plan to touch other people's lives ephesians chapter 4 verse 7 talks about uh, that some more write that verse down Ephesians 4, verse 7 says, But to, again, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Again, that was, that's a passage that's talking about those spiritual gifts. So last week was really about who am I? I'm a person who's been uniquely gifted by God to participate in God's work of transforming people's lives in this world. Okay? And we talked about there's really, we could, if we're going to group them, there's lots of spiritual gifts the Bible talks about. If we're going to group them, uh, we talked about that there are speaking gifts. There are serving gifts, and there are sign gifts. Now, primarily, we would expect speaking and serving gifts because Hebrews 2, verse 4, and 2 Corinthians 12, verse 12, teaches that the signed gifts were primarily for the ministry of the apostles. So now that I know, okay, here's where we should be at this point. Okay, I'm beginning to realize that God has worked in my life. Now He's wanting to work through me somehow, and somehow He's given me some things Some gifts, the Bible's called spiritual gifts, that he wants me to use. So now that I know that I have one, at least, or have some, I guess the question will be, how do I find which ones I have and how do I use them? Amen? Okay, so now I have this realization, what am I supposed to do? Write these things down. Three things I would say. First of all, you need to learn more about spiritual gifts, and I'm going to give you the passages. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Peter chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, and Romans chapter 12. Those are the key passages in the Bible in the New Testament that talk about these spiritual gifts that God gives to people. Maybe you would get involved. We're just starting our new growth groups. Uh, you know, from time to time, we'll have a growth group that talks about spiritual gifts. And so you say, you know what, I need to read these passages and I need to learn more about those. So I need to get a group of people that's sort of talking about that so I can learn more of what that's about so that I can let God use me in that way. Maybe you'd request, we did a series called Opening Your Spiritual Gifts a little while back. I think it was three or four years ago. Maybe you'd make a request in the back. Say, hey, I'd like to have that series. I'd like to begin learning more about what's, what's up with spiritual gifts. Secondly, I would say do a spiritual gifts inventory. Now, some of you are like spiritual gifts inventory. What's that? Well, it's more like a survey or a questionnaire, all right? You ever done a personality test before? You know, they got the 25 questions, and you fill them in, and they kind of give you an idea of how you lean as a, in personality type and things like that. Well, it's kind of like that. Uh, someone has put together sort of a questionnaire or an inventory based on those passages that I've given you there, and they said, okay... Uh, take this questionnaire and it will kind of give you an idea of maybe how you're wired. Now be careful about that because I've seen some Christians take the test and say, oh, that's me, that's me, that's me just because the test says so, okay? I wouldn't take it that concrete, that literally. I would take it as an idea of some tendencies in my life and as a good starting point. But it's, an, it's not a bad starting point. Third thing I would say is by trial and error. Get involved. Use them. hey, if I'm going to jump in the water, I might want to stick my toe in there, right? See how it feels. Amen? Okay? So, so if I'm wondering how God... Okay, I'm learning more. What are these things? And, and maybe how I'm wired. Let me try it out, Something. Let me give you, in my own life, the example for me. Uh, I began to sense that maybe God had given me a desire to teach the Bible. Not because I thought I was so smart. I just thought, you know what? I have a desire to help people understand God's Word better, <laughs> but I ain't like standing up in front of everybody. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm not signing up to preach this weekend. I mean, I was like, hey, uh, let me explore this a little bit more. So I became an assistant in a in a class, kind of a a, a, a helper, and I began to watch this other person teach, and, and I began to have a desire to want to help out with that, and they began to let me get involved, and and as I got involved, they said, you know what? You, you, you kind of can do this. Oh, really? Okay, and then later, as that grew some more, I kind of you know, I began to teach a, a group like that, and, and people began to encourage me. I'm learning some things. Oh, thank you. You know, that's cool. And, and, you know, God's really using you. And then I began to preach, and I remember after the first few times I preached, I thought, man, I'm sorry, everybody. You know, that was a wasted weekend, but, you know, hopefully next week it will be better when the pastor's back. You know, I would I, I would I would share, and I would think that was terrible. And then people would come up, come, come up to me after the service, and little by little, they would say, oh, that was a blessing. I was like, really? You're not just saying that? No, really. Or they'd come with a tear in their eye. and say, God spoke to my heart. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I think I'm terrible, but if God's using me, I'll just keep doing it. Amen? And you know what? You you may try something and say, sorry, that wasn't it. But you'll at least have eliminated one thing it's not, right? So I'd say by trial and error. One other thing I'd say to you, one thing that I found about spiritual gifts, some will make total sense to you. Oh, that makes sense. I get that. That is something I like, I enjoy. Some may make no sense at all, at least initially, okay? And sometimes you just say, God, you know what? I feel like you're leading me to do something. I ask you to use me, and when he does use you, he affirms that. He may lead you in a direction you've never seen in yourself. Sometimes it can go both ways. Do you know how God wants you to be involved in touching other people's lives for his glory? I'm asking you that, okay? Do you know how God has wired you uniquely so that you can be a part of touching other people's lives? If the answer to that question is yes, are you using those things? If the answer to that question is no, are you pursuing that? I've given you some tools today. You can leave here today saying, I'm not sure, but I'm going to get on that track. So what is my purpose? It's to bring glory to God, it's to live out my creative purpose But finally, it's to point other people to God. Like some of you, uh, my kids are getting a little older. And uh, as they're getting older, their responsibilities in life and in our home are kind of increasing. And, you know, sometimes we'll be talking about their schoolwork or we'll be talking about their house chores. And and I share with them, guys, listen. You know, when mom and dad are talking about your responsibilities, it's not like, you know, you're at the Rock here, the Langford Prison. And we're just like, it's our our idea that we're supposed to make life hard for you you know it's just like hey put up for for, with it for a while and then one day you'll be released from jail and you can kind of go do whatever you want to do that's not our purpose our idea is that we're trying to teach you we're trying to prepare you for reality if you don't learn when you're with us how to listen if you don't learn how to finish assignments or to follow through on commitments And you're going to have a tough time on a job in the future okay because when you go to work that boss expects you they're not paying you out of the goodness of their heart amen i mean they're saying i've got something i expect and can you accomplish it what's that called they give you what when you start a job description did you realize that as a follower of jesus God has given you a very specific job description. If you are a follower of Christ, there is a primary thing that we're to be about in our lives. Write down Acts 20, verse 24. This verse, awesome verse, it says this. It says, But I do not consider... This is the Apostle Paul speaking. I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course, my assignment and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly to share with great heart of the gospel of the good news of the grace of God. Now, just to let you know, this verse, actually, I I personally consider it my life verse. Actually, my ministry verse is a few verses down, verse 28. Great passage here, the Apostle Paul's heart. But what it's saying in this verse is, my life is not about me. That's what the Apostle Paul says. He said, I do not consider my life on any account as dear to myself, okay? I don't have any agenda. I shouldn't anyway. It's not about me. It's about the Lord and his course. What do we say when they give you coursework in school? What is that called? You've been given a what? An assignment, okay? This is what you've been expected. This is your job description. The Apostle Paul says, and I don't believe this is just for Paul. I believe this is speaking for the heart of every follower of Jesus. And we're going to share some other verses here in just a moment that back that up that my life as a follower of Jesus is to be spent sharing with others the good news of God's grace and salvation. It's found all throughout the New Testament. Friend, listen. Are you paying attention? Pastor Robbie is not just here giving a talk today. If we're just meeting for a talk, I was sleeping in or going hunting or going fishing or something, okay? Pastor Robbie is sharing with you What I believe are some of the top things that God has for you as a follower of Jesus. if you are hungry to know, if you are saying today, I'm not sure what to do with my life, perk up and pay attention. This one is way up there. Write down to Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And also Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Those passages make it very clear. Christ left us here. First of all, He wants to work in your life. Have you, asked your, have you ever asked yourself, when you accept Christ as your Savior, why don't you just go straight to heaven? I'd like to sign up with that plan. Amen? <laughs> okay. okay, I finally gave in. Can we get out of here? Okay, amen? Why am I still here? This is it. This is what the Bible says. The primary purpose you've been left for the Bible, many Christians call those passages the Great Commission. Based on what we're talking about right now, we might call it the Great Job Description. You know, when I first started out with the Lord and in church, I saw this, what we're talking about, as a burden, as a duty, okay? And maybe you can identify with how I felt. Here's how I felt, okay? So it's kind of like this. God, I love what you are doing for me. Well, I don't know about this sharing about you with others thing. Amen, anybody? But I know that you tell me to. So I'm supposed to. So I will. But I don't want to. Amen. I saw it as a burden. But I have to tell you, that's changed for me. Now I want to share with you there are still times that I get nervous. And I certainly don't enjoy the occasional rejection. By the way, that's not as often as you might think. I certainly don't enjoy that. But you know what? Christ has changed my life. I can't get over it. Amen, anybody? Jesus, I cannot deny it. What would I do? How would I survive? I could not make it. I don't know how to live. I don't know who to be. I don't know how to be a godly man. I don't know how to make good decisions. And I see so many others around me wandering and flailing and and in a tailspin. I'm I'm kind of getting the idea that they don't have the answers either. And Christ has changed my life. And I've seen him change many other people's lives. And, and, And it's a joy to consider how I might be a small part of helping someone else experience that. Amen? So Christians, instead of running from this, may I say to you, there is no more thrilling experience in life than somehow some way with God's help being a part of God working in someone else's life especially to introduce them to a personal relationship with Jesus but it might even be something else it might just be being a being a blessing to someone you know how I try to think of it I mean I, you know it's kind of funny but sometimes I just think about it, spread a little sunshine today okay all right I want to be I want to live Christ working in my life in such a way that I can be the wind in someone's sails today amen somebody's deflated somebody's about to give up and man you just kind of breathe life into them it's not you right it's christ through you that you want to be the kind of person that people hate to see you go and they're glad to see you come back because there's something about you amen it is my primary assignment from my savior the major Task, listen, and some of you are more relational oriented, talking about personality tests. Some of you are more task oriented. Okay, the relational oriented people, just pray right now or talk to the Lord. The task oriented people, I want to speak to you. Okay? If you like the task thing, here's your number one thing on your to do list to check off before you die. I need to touch as many lives as I possibly can for God. Check. Amen. That's your main thing. That's your thing. So my question is, are you doing that? Are you influencing others consistently to look to God? I had someone ask me this week, Pastor how, how do you do this? We're going to talk about it more at another time, but let me give you some principles. Write these down, okay? I want you to think about these things. If you want to consistently, more often, touch more lives for God, Number one, you've got to truly love God and truly love and care about people. Don't skip over that. Truly be in love with Jesus Christ and truly care about the people that you pass every day. Number two, you've got to be walking with Jesus today. I didn't say you were walking with him last week. I didn't say be walking with him next week. I said today. If you're going to make a difference in somebody's life, you've got to be walking with Jesus yourself today. And as you are, you ask him, number three, ask him to show you how he is working in people's lives. Now, I used to think that sharing my faith, that I, again, I thought of it as a burden, as, as some duty that I had, and I thought I had to generate it. I thought nobody really wants to hear this, but I'm supposed to dump it on them, so I've got to find a way. Well, that's inspiring. But isn't that the way many christians see it you know what i found you know what i found friends it is cool god is at work in people's lives right this very moment and i just go fishing every day i just go fishing god you're gonna take me through life today I got some things I know I need to accomplish and all that, but as I am, would you help me to be sensitive to how you're working in this person's life, how you're working in this person's life, how you're working in this person's life, and God, could I be another link in their chain? Could I be another step towards you? Could I sow some seeds? Could I water those seeds? Could I pick the fruit? Whatever you want, God. Show me how you're working in their their lives, and then number four, ask God to help you to be a part of that. God, you're wanting to do something in them, and I want to be used by you. So show me as your servant how I can. Let me give you some examples. If you're coaching soccer, are you thinking, how can I lead these kids and their parents to trust in Jesus? Are you thinking about that while you're coaching soccer? Are you thinking, how can I show them? You know what? Many children are not seeing godly examples of what it means to be a godly man or a godly woman. Are you thinking to yourself, you know what I want to really work hard that while these kids are are watching me that I not only teach them soccer but I teach them what a godly man is about, what a godly spouse looks like, or a godly father looks like? How can I help these kids have fun and compete and accomplish what they want to in soccer, but also show them what's really important in life, dear sir, when you're going to uh, when you're going up to play golf with your buddies, as you're teeing off, are you saying to yourself, "God, would you help me today that somehow, some way, the way I play this game, that my buddy will see Christ in me"? <laughs> look how you look, oh, Pastor you got close to home there. That's the hardest place. <laughs> when you're ordering your meal, are you wondering how can we encourage this person? And maybe have an opportunity to share about Jesus because we carry ourselves differently than every other person they've served today. That that person, while they're at other tables, is thinking, I want to go back to that table because there's something over there. And not just because you want your drinks refilled a lot, okay? But you're truly saying, you know what? This person, has anybody ever served tables before? (laughs) Not a fun day a lot of days, right? Okay, so go back to that breath of fresh air. Go back to that wind in someone's sails. Wouldn't it be cool if God would use you today to help somebody get through another day because you came into their life? When you go to the hockey game, do you look at the thousands of people in the crowd and just begin to ask the Lord, God, how many people in this room are struggling with their marriage? How many people in this room are about to give up? And God, would you somehow work in their lives? Would you use our church? Or would you stir in this community throughout the churches? Or, or God, would you bring servants in their life? And as you're going to the concession stand, you're saying, God, I can't touch all the thousands tonight, but I'm sure there's somebody here that you would want to work in their life through me. And so God, as I go to the concession stand, would you help me to be really sensitive, not so concerned about what do you What do you mean you don't have Pepsi? I don't even like Coke. I don't want to buy extra large. This is a racket around here. Instead of all that kind of stuff. Okay, I got to eat something. All right, order, order, order. But I wonder what the person serving or the person behind me, how I can engage them in such a way to look for how God might want to use me in their life. You know, a funny thing happened to me when I was preparing this very part of the message. Listen to this. Apparently, my cell phone number is the old number for a beer distributor. and a couple of years ago people kept calling me to order beer and, and after saying you got the wrong number a few times i just thought, i'm just gonna turn this around for the lord okay so now i mean i still get i got a phone call while i was preparing this very part of the message a guy calls me up and says is this such and such beer company i said no i'm sorry sir this is the good news hotline a good news hotline what's the good news hotline well, we've been established to share with people that Christ died for your sins. He wants to be your Savior if you'll put your trust in Him. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Are you going to take my time if I call the wrong number. I'm going to use it for the Lord. Amen? <laughs> How many opportunities did God, does God put around us if we would just be paying attention? Let God use you all day, every day, to in some way point other people to Him and to trust in Him. You know, I started out today by acknowledging that it's hard for us as we're going through life to figure out the bigger picture, isn't it? I mean, who has time to do that? And, and that's just considering all the regular responsibilities we have. You throw in the messes. I mean, it's just overboard. I wonder today if you would be like the person I talked to recently who said, Pastor Robbie, Pastor Robbie, I just began to realize I cannot do it on my own. I want to ask you a question. Why do we see so much shame in that? Who are we trying to prove ourselves to? Who are we trying to impress? Can I, can I just share something with you that many people have never heard before? You know what? Here's what God would say to you. I never expected you to. I created you to have a relationship with me. And it wouldn't be odd that you can't make it. It would make perfect sense that you can't make it without me. I want a relationship with you. I've provided through my son on the cross. He gave his life. He paid the consequences for what you had to pay. Somebody had to pay it. But he did it for you because you couldn't pay it, and it would have kept you away from me forever and ever. I did it for you because I could and I wanted to, and listen, if you will just trust me, if you'll just receive that amazing offer, I will come into your life, and I will transform your life. If you will follow me and trust me, I will I will make you into the person that I designed for you to be. Amen. Not perfect, but He's even made provision for that. He knows we're going to mess up. Amen. He knows we're going to fail along the way. That's why we need a Savior. But Christ can live in us and through us and and maybe make a difference. And not only are you going to heaven, but maybe you can take some people with you. I think that's the reward is all the people you can influence for His glory. This morning, as God's speaking to you, is your life about you and your glory? We all know the answer should be no. But really, practically, honestly, is your life going more focused on you and what you want or really on God and what He wants? Are you looking to fulfill that, that creative purpose? Do you understand how God's wired you? Are you exploring that? Are you living in that? Are you, are you using that in some way to touch other people's lives? And have you determined in this life that somehow, some way, with God's help, I don't know how God, I, I'm just a messed up guy like everybody else, but God, would you use me to lead other people to you? That so hopefully people will see Christ working in me, even in my mess-ups. Christ just daily working in my life in some way and they'll say I want to give my life to him too if you're not doing that you need to ask God to help you with that today if you don't even have a heart for it you need to ask God Lord what's going on there that my heart's not in line with your heart today let's bow before the Lord and think about these things for just a moment Father, we are so grateful that we do not have to figure it out on our own. We don't have time to, and we don't have the ability to. Sometimes we don't even want to. But Father, today, thank you that you are working, you are stirring in hearts. Maybe somebody who hasn't had the desire to know your purpose, that's beginning to well up in them, and that's a good thing. I pray they'd continue to respond to that. And follow that. Follow you. Lord, today I pray that you're beginning to make some things clear for someone who has been seeking but hasn't known what direction to take. And maybe there's a nugget today that they can take away or a couple things that are really going to be the next step for them. And Lord Jesus, if you came back in the next 30 minutes, it's very possible that there's some people in this room that are not ready to face you Because they have not had their sins dealt with. and God, I thank you that you did that for them. And I pray that in this moment, that they'll realize that that is the most pressing thing in front of them. I need God to come into my life. I need to ask Him to forgive me. So would, would would you help that person right now just to call out to you and say, Dear God, please forgive me. Please wash my sins away. Please give me this gift of eternal life and come and live in my life and and lead my life. I want to follow you. Father, help someone to make that decision today. It will be our joy to be a part of that. In Jesus' name, amen.